Oh, it's Friday. It's lit in Cleveland, too. Welcome to First Take. I'm Brian Custer. In for Molly. Look, I got my frat. I got RC, Ryan Clark with me. Dano, Dan Orlovsky with us as well. We're not in the well. same fraternity. No. We are not. No, you could no, be, not. though, Dan. Yeah, yeah, you could be. Could be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we let our, our lighter, complected brothers in, into the fraternity. <laughs> I write you a recommendation letter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be my sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> they can be at the back and do your little hazing. You know, make them a scroller. Uh, listen, you know, everybody's been doing resolutions on this show. Shannon Sharp said he's going to become the best dressed guy on this show in the new year. Stephen A., of course, responded on X. Uh, take a look at what Stephen A. had to say. He said, you have no chance. Uh, Ryan is great, but not consistent enough. Dang. Sustainability, consistency matters, swagoo. And he told Molly, this is just about the fellas. It's not about her. Now, Dan, I also saw that you responded there with, uh, am I not on the show? Yeah, something? I'm on the show two days a week. There's only five that it's actually on. Yeah. Not one mention of me. Yeah, so it's just your opportunity. Respond to the brother. I just don't understand what, 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 why could I not be a part of that tweet from, yeah. from, no, I mean, cause, cause like, in, so a lot of times yeah. you can only acknowledge the true challengers, yeah. right? So <laughs> it wasn't like, it was like, think about he it. put Marcus in there. <laughs> yeah, but they, Marcus ain't a challenger. He, he, he didn't say anything about Marcus's clothes. He just said swag. He just wrote the word. He just liked saying swag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he didn't mention Bart, right? You know, he didn't mention, uh, it was only about the fella, so not Kimberly Moore. Like, he didn't mention Mad Dog. He didn't mention. He did. He put Mad Dog in there. That's it, my point. Is I'm Mad Dog yeah. in there? Yeah. You should feel disrespected. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know Mad Dog was in there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, Dan. Yo, at first, RC, I was like, maybe he just didn't put me in there because I'm white. You know? <laughs> and then I saw Mad Dog in there. That's not it. Yeah, I don't. I actually have no words for you, Dan. Right, right. You should feel disrespected. Yeah, you yeah. should feel slighted. Hey, Russell Wilson was treated better than you were. <laughs> Season in that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen A. came to me and said, "Unless you start dressing better, yeah. we're going to amend your contract." <laughs> right. yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to get to Russell in a minute, but let's get to the, of course, the big story of the day, and it was the resurgence of Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. It continues. Flacco threw for 300 yards again, three touchdowns. The defense got a pick six. Browns beat the Jets. Clinched the playoff spot for the first time in three years, and Joe Cool is loving the in Flacco we trust chance he heard during the game. It's cool. I mean, just put yourself in that position. I mean, you can't deny it. It, it, it was. It's. It, it's. I said it from the very beginning. I mean, the city has been unbelievable. It was special. I mean, this is obviously a very unique situation uh, for me. So a lot of different emotions are going through my head and. My teammates have been unbelievable, like in, in terms of just embracing me onto this football team. So uh, it's all been great. And it, it makes it that much more special to, you know, be able to come in here and, and play some good football. Fellas, I want you to really take a look at what Flacco has done. He's thrown for 1,616 yards in his first five games there with the Browns. Third most passing yards by a player in his first five games with a team all-time trailing only Drew Bledsoe, who did it in 2002 with the Bills. Kirk Cousins, of course, did it in 2018 with the Man. Vikings. Uh, Dano, I'll go to you since you're our quarterback. When it comes to Flacco, is this lightning in a bottle or something more, you think? Well, it's definitely something more. It's specific to this offense and the way that it's kind of wanted to be run with Kevin Stefanski. If you look at that chart that we just put up the graphic, the person's name second was Kirk Cousins. The, the play caller for that year, I believe, was Kevin Stefanski mm -hmm. in Minnesota. So, you know, it's it's... We have to sit there and say, 
there's a reason why, and RC said this before, this is the best quarterback play they've had in two years. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and one of the reasons is because this offense is the star. This offense doesn't need the quarterback to be the star. Joe Flacco is allowing the offense and the plays to be the star. He's 4-1 as your starter. His passer rating is 100-plus. He's got 13 touchdowns and 8 picks. It's the perfect situation for him. It's the same offense he ran when he was hot in Baltimore under Gary Kubiak. And if we have to be honest about the situation in Cleveland, why and how can a guy that has been – this is his best season in five years mm. now as well. It wasn't like mm. Joe Flacco balled in 2021 or something. Right. It's his best year right now in five. How can he come from right off of the street essentially and within five or six weeks take this offense to the playoffs and because of the quarterback play attached with the defense – and have its best performance at that position over the course of the last two years. Yeah. It, that's why this is not a lightning in the bottle. There is something that is tangibly there. Maybe it's not with a Joe Flacco specific, but there's definitely something when it comes to why does the offense look better significantly than it has over the course I, of two I, seasons. I think, I think what you said about the offense being the star is number one, right? When you have a Deshaun Watson or you have these guys with some of these unique talents, especially being able to use your, their legs, you start to mold your offense into what you think they can be, right. into what you think they are. Now Kevin Stefanski is doing what he really wants to do. It's the reason that Kirk Cousins is mentioned with the Cleveland Browns anytime Kirk Cousins becomes someone that could be on the trade block because Kevin Stefanski doesn't need this dude that can go so far above the X's and O's. He needs somebody that can execute what he's asking. And that's what Joe Flacco has done at a higher level than any quarterback in the last two years for the Cleveland Browns. But here's also why I say it's lightning in the bottle. Okay. Because any other quarterback that we're expecting a certain thing from that has eight interceptions in four games, one of those being a pick six, two of those being a pick six, Tremaine Edmonds with the Chicago Bears, obviously nice. Jermaine Johnson last night, we start to say, well, that's not sustainable, right? Because then when we project that throughout the entire season, we're looking at a guy that has over 20 interceptions. Sure. Right? And so that's not the sort of play that we think is championship play. It also shows, though, that Joe Flacco playing with house money. Right. Joe Flacco was at his house and not only just at his house, Joe Flacco was at his house because in given opportunities in New York, he didn't play this well. Mm -hmm. He didn't play well at all. He didn't even play well enough to say, OK, we should move on from Zach Wilson and allow Joe Flacco to be our starter throughout the rest of the season. What he's doing here is specific to this team and this time. It's specific to the Cleveland Browns being great defensively, the Cleveland Browns being really good in the run game. And I think. The bigger thing I want to state about this being lightning in the bottle is that it's okay. It's okay that Joe Flacco may not be the quarterback of the future for the Cleveland Browns, or you may not have to make him the franchise going forward because what he's doing right now and the feeling around this team is going to make this team the scariest out in all of the AFC. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I think that they're better than the Baltimore Ravens, right? Because we're going to expect excellence from the Baltimore Ravens. What I think this means is that if you're the team that wins the East, whether it be the Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills, you're scared when this team comes to town, yeah, right? If you're the team that, that, that wins the, the West, who will be the Kansas City Chiefs, you would be scared when this team came to town. If you're the team that win the AFC South, 
you for sure scared as hell yeah. if the Cleveland Browns come to your stadium. Here's, here's the thing. I'm not wondering, though, Dan, when you look at it, because obviously this offense was not running like this when Deshaun Watson was under Correct. center. But then last night, three of the offensive linemen, gone. Amari uh, Cooper just caught – 300 yards passing. He was out. Right. No Nick Chubb, and yet he still throws for over 300 and leads him to another victory. Part of that is because Kevin Stefanski, I believe, is wrapped up coach of the year as well. You know, like there was guys, D'Amico Ryan's absolutely, and Shane Steichen in that conversation, Sean McVay. I think because of what has transpired over the past couple weeks, part of that is because Kevin Stefanski is just wrapped up coach of the year, and that's one of the reasons why Joe is playing so well. I think your point of the house money is completely fair. I think that's why we see some of the throws that work out and some of the throws that don't. You know, because Joe is – Joe has always been naturally very physically talented. He's always been a dude. You played against him a bunch. You, you, he could throw it. Throw them all. He could throw it. You know, and so you're, you're watching a guy that doesn't have fear of consequence, partly because of the moment and the situation, partly because he knows that the defense is so great. I've always believed quarterbacks that play with great defenses, you could be a little bit more aggressive with the football because you know you're probably going to get bailed out. You don't have to be. This isn't 30 years ago when defenses were great and you'd sit there and go, as long as we protect the ball and yeah. we play good special teams, we can win. Now no. it's like, let's go get it. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Let's let the defense play with a, a lead. Here's my point when it comes to, like, there's something to this. If we're just being football on the field specific honest, with Kevin Stefanski, we've watched three quarterbacks play at a good to really good level yeah. in this offense over the last six years. Kirk Cousins is one. Mm-hmm. Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield is two. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco is three. Yep. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say those are three of the most physically talented players in the NFL at that position. But for some reason, the offense has been good under those three guys, significantly be- better than it's been over an, uh, under anybody, anybody else. else. Yeah. So that's why I sit here and I say, if you're Cleveland, you're sitting here going, we, we're watching all these other quarterbacks take this offense and play it at a pretty darn good clip. That's why I sit here and say there's something to that. Deshaun Watson, is he capable of playing in this offense at that the, level? The, the, thing, about this offense, the that. thing about this offense is don't miss. Right When you look at what Joe Flacco is doing, when you look at a lot of these throws, some of these throws to David and Joku, he's butt booty wide open, right? Just butt naked, right? But Joe Flacco isn't missing them. You think about pushing the football down the field to Amari Cooper. There's been an accuracy. There's been an accuracy (laughs) and a chemistry between Joe Flacco and these receivers deep down the field that we hadn't seen. There's also been some attempts that we haven't seen. There's some tight window throws that Joe Flacco has made that we haven't seen any other quarterback on this team make this year. And I believe that comes with one, the arm confidence. I think two, it comes it comes with the experience of having been a guy that can make those throws, yeah. that has made those throws in big moments, and also knowing that right now they ain't taking me off the field anyway. Good point. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so I believe that Joe Flacco is playing in a way it's almost – it reminds me of Nick Foles in this. Yes. When, when Nick Foles mm-hmm. took over, it was, hey, man, just go out there and be you, push the, put, the, put the gas pedal down, and we do what we do, right? And then when next year when we saw him with the Bears, it was like, oh, they're counting on me. Right. Oh, I got, this is my job. Not the same I got, situation. Yeah, I got to keep this job. Right. This right here is for Joe Flacco, who was sitting at home, who wanted his kids an opportunity where they can understand what it looked like to watch daddy play football. They got a chance now that they didn't have yeah. or they didn't think that they were yeah. going to have. Right. Your parents, who once wore black and purple with the Baltimore Ravens, now amongst the Cleveland Browns fans, and you are royalty yes. there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that this is just such such a moment for Joe Flacco, and he's embracing that. Like, that smile 
post game isn't fake. No doubt. Right? Saying I feel like I feel like I'm 10 years old, that isn't fake because this game gets so heavy. Right. And you don't realize what it's like to not have it until you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, we don't get it back again. Mm -hmm. This guy is playing with the joy of having it back again. He's he's saying that he feels like he's 10 10 years old, but he's really 38. And he showed last night. Do you remember after he threw for 300? He's sitting on the bench. I was just taking a look at this. (laughs) He fell fell asleep. He's like, I just threw for 300 yards. A lot of kids. (laughs) And he he actually started nodding off. Honestly, honestly, though, I I said it I said it in the tweet though like once my workout gets a little long, I immediately get 44. What you said this morning, you said Joe Flacco got old and a Joe half. Joe Flacco got old and a half, bro. It's late. This man been carpooling. Because I already know, when I retired and I got to be a part of the carpool, oh, I'm beating every mama. Sally, got you. Got you. Right? Diane, you, you ain't, ain't got no you ain't chance. Getting first. You ain't getting first. This man been doing carpool. You go to sleep early. You got my dog playing primetime. And I threw for 300 in the first half? I'm supposed to take a nap. And he's been slinging it. This is just the fourth time in the Super Bowl era that the Browns have put up 35 points or more in consecutive games. Who who can't this team beat in the AFC? Realistically, they can beat every single. Baltimore is the team that scares you. Yeah. Baltimore is the team that scares you. They can run it on them because Baltimore can play football in in the way that allows them to be more dominant against Cleveland's defense than I think other teams can. Right. Uh, Especially you watched Brees Hall last night too as well. Some success. Yeah. Like like you. could see has some success but the Cleveland Browns are playing like a team like juvenile had a song back in the day come on he said acting like a brother that ain't never had it yeah right they ain't never had nothing like this group of individuals have never had the expectations of having to win and so now you're like we lost three quarterbacks we're playing with Joe Flacco who was at his house our starting running back who's one of the best players in the entire world is not here right we don't have Grant Delpit we've lost people defensively right. and we're we are still doing this that confidence builds every week and when you listen to the way they talk about 15 yeah. they haven't talked about they a think quarterback they got a shot. in that yeah, building they got a shot. in 2 years you Does know it? this when you got a defense that's balling out and all of a yeah. sudden now you got a guy who you know oh he can sling right. it oh, okay we can go ball now we can what, go beat what's more surprising for you that I know a juvenile song, yeah. or that I only know one juvenile song. <laughs> that you know one period. Yeah, right. that you know one period. There All you right. go. Let's talk about the big <laughs> game that's going on in the <laughs> NFC because it is a huge NFC game Saturday night. You can see it on ABC, ESPN, Lions. Visit the Cowboys, Detroit. Be going for 12 wins. It'll be just the second time in franchise history they've accomplished that if they get a victory. Cowboys unbeaten at home, need a win to keep pace with the Eagles and avoid their first three-game losing streak in three seasons. Here's Lions head coach Dan Campbell. It gives you a real good idea of where you're at because this is one of the top teams in the NFC. Uh, it just is. So, And we're out at their place you know, where they play their best football uh, their backs against the walls. You're going to get their very best shot. Um, Coach McCarthy's done a heck of a job with that team. So um, I, I think it's perfect. You know, I, I really do. And and do, it is. We'll find out exactly what it is, and then we'll we'll move on from there. All right. So RC, you think the winner of this game biggest threat to the Niners? Yes. 
because I don't believe in the Philadelphia Eagles defensively mm -hmm. at all. And I believe that these two teams have some things specific to them that will allow them to at least compete with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, when the San Francisco 49ers are at the top of the game, when the San Francisco 49ers are healthy, I'm already writing that ticket to the Super Bowl. But when you look at the way the Detroit Lions can run the football, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, what we've seen Jared Goff be in the play-action game, and on top of this, it's like, because Jared Goff was jettisoned or traded for Matthew Stafford, we forget this guy has gone to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. We forget he was able to do everything that he needed to do to put the Los Angeles Rams in that game with the New England Patriots. And I think he could still do that. But this run game with Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, the way that they can control the line of scrimmage, finding ways to keep the football away from Brock Purdy in the playoffs, I believe is huge. And on the other side of that, I just believe in Dak Prescott now. Like, I'm being 100% honest with you. When I look at the Dallas Cowboys, as a team coming into this year, we actually thought Dak was going to be the reason. We said to ourselves, oh, Mike McCarthy's going to find ways on offense to run the ball. That ain't happened. No. Nope. Right? We said this defense, if they get up, they're going to close it out. They're going to be dominant. That's not true. The most consistent thing that you can count on from the Dallas Cowboys right now is that number four is going to show up. Mm -hmm. And when they needed him in the biggest moment last week, you go third down, CeeDee Lamb one-on-one, -on -one, you throw the, you throw the uh, sale route. Yep. Right? You got fourth and two. Mm -hmm. Great throw. You got fourth and two. You get to the sprint out, you get C.D. Lamb the football. There were double opportunities where Deshaun, Deshaun Elliott held people in the red zone that stopped touchdowns. And then in the biggest moment, Brandon Cooks on Jalen Ramsey, you throw, throw a football throw. that couldn't be thrown any better. Yep. Yeah. Dak Prescott is the dude that you need him to be. And your hopes are if you get an opportunity in the playoffs against the San Francisco 49ers, everybody else comes to play. I love all the points you make. I don't think either of these teams is best and or most equipped to mm. beat San Francisco. Now, I don't think a lot of teams are in the yeah. NFC, but I think the team that is best for it is the Los Angeles Rams. I think that, yes, I do. Um, I agree that. Who's that quarterback? Stafford. That's, he loves him. That's why. He loves him. No, but I'm asking that, and most people probably think I'm asking that to troll him. If you actually watch the film. You would look at three letters. Yeah. Yeah. That there is nobody just playing the position, not looking at the scoreboard. There's nobody playing the position from a fact of just throwing the football better than Matthew. Well, I agree. And you can tell that he, he certainly was not healthy last year. Yeah. And right. now that he's healthy, and it's, Stafford it, could always sling it. Stafford, in many ways, is playing MVP caliber football. football. He can't yeah. win the MVP. I'll be very clear. He's not going to win it because of the losses yeah. and the situation of the football team, but he absolutely is playing at an MVP level. There's no question about it. Here's what I say, why I say the Rams. Um, if we – Look at the Rams and say who they are right now. When they get Cooper Cup on the field, Puka Nakua on the field, mm -hmm. Kyron Williams, who's their second-year back, mm -hmm. who's leading the NFL that's in yards big. per game mm -hmm. rushing, and Stafford, that's the best offense in football. Mm. That's the best offense in football. Now, do I think that San Francisco would score on them? I do. I think that they'd have to be great in the red zone. But I think – San Francisco looks at that quarterback and that offense and goes, we want no part of them. Like, we don't, we don't want to see those cats. If you remember two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, I believe they played week 18. San Francisco won that game. The Rams were still in. Obviously, the Rams go on to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to find it fascinating because I, I believe if San Francisco wins this week and Dallas wins this week, San Francisco locks up the one seed. Mm -hmm. 
They would play the Rams week 18. Do they plan to keep them out? Or do they play them and just try to win, you know, like, hey, we're, we're going to rest our guys and we'll see what happens. I just think that because of the way that the offense is rolling and the way that Sean McVay is committed to that run game, it's a different offense when, when the Rams won the Super Bowl two yeah. years ago. It's back to a little bit more of a ground and pound. Yeah. Stafford's it's making It's back so, to Todd Gurley, bro, 100% honestly. smash yeah. mouth football in many ways. I, I think that's because they can score on basically anybody. And I think we could probably all agree um, – Ravens are the best team in football right now. Yeah. We have to say that as right. much as we love San Francisco. Right. You know, pushed them to the brink two weeks ago, three weeks ago. The Rams. Rams. Had to win in overtime on a punt on return. On a punt return. And, I, you know, it's the, the hardest part for, for that for me is the Rams' defense. Sure. And it's not that Raheem Morris, as a defensive coordinator, hasn't done an amazing job of saying, okay, we're going to keep the football in front of us. We're going to make teams earn it the hard way. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to find ways to put pressure on quarterbacks when we have the opportunities. I just think that the explosivity of who the San Francisco 49ers are, sure. the physicality of who they are, that you got to have, like, you got to have something – in the, in the barrel to counteract that. And I believe when you look at the Detroit Lions, it is their run game. Yeah. Right? It is their run game because we've watched people move the football on San Francisco by running the football. The Arizona Cardinals two weeks ago with James Conner were able to do it and were yeah. able to run it and because I think that keeps them off but of the field. But let me ask you this, RC. Like, if, if we're talking about these NFC teams and it's Detroit, Dallas – Again, I put in the Rams. Right. Whose defense do we really have a ton of confidence in against San Francisco's offense? Yeah, nobody. That, no, that's, we, we, like I said it before. Right. Healthy and whole, I don't think anybody beats them. And, and so then I go to, okay, I, I did not expect anybody defensively to do to that offense in San Francisco what the Ravens did. Right. But that's obviously an AFC team. I don't think anybody defensively matches up great against – so, for you, it's just about scoring. Who can score against them? Like, who do I think uh, – do I think Detroit can score against them? Yes. Do I think Dallas is a better offense now than when they played? It's a different offense. We know that, right? right? But I just go, who can go and score 35 on that defense to try to win the game? And the team that I think is most equipped to do that is the Los Angeles Rams. When those four cats are playing – we talk about the big five for San Francisco with, with McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. Purdy and Kittle. Like – that's, they got their big five. I think the Rams' big four, it's not as good, but it's as lethal. It's as efficient. I think, it's as I think ball the, control. The, the, the thing I give you, the thing I give you, which makes this argument very, like when I look at your argument, what makes it so good is that I feel like if Matthew Stafford gets hot, they're different. I agree. Right? And, when we, and we've seen him in games be really good Just this year. But if he's on fire that day, it's a different offense. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's an offense that goes above what even Sean McVay could do because of that dude. Yeah. It's does he have it that day? Sure. Right? That's fair. Does he? And, and, and what peril does, do the San Francisco 49ers put him in to push the ball into bad situations? Mm. Right? Sure. Can, can, can we get Matthew Stafford to turn it over in trying to be Overly what, he, what he will yeah. need to be in order for them to win? Yeah. You, you already know where I stand. I already, I already feel like it's oh, the Cowboys. The I biggest threat. But where do, we, where do you see the Lions? Where do you see the Lions? I think the Lions are match up against good against anybody but San Francisco. I don't know if the Lions – like, I believe the Rams can find a way to get a stop or two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm there yet with Detroit. I think Detroit has a massive opportunity tomorrow. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, like, I, I think yeah. Aaron Glenn, you know, in Detroit, we talk about this, RC. Like, it, Detroit has gone from a defense that has played a little bit passive to being like, you know what? They can't. Chips are down. Well, well, here, here we come. And the we reason Detroit's done that, though, is because they're like – 
I'd rather us go make a play right. and go take a possession than sit back and try to stop teams right. knowing that they're going to score anyway. Yep. So let's go try to get this football. Yep. And I think Aaron Glenn has tried to put teams behind the sticks exactly. instead of saying we're going to be good enough at some point to just get you off of the field with the kids. Last thing what? I'll say, Coach, real quick about Philly. We got to be a little bit patient because Slay's coming back and Avante yeah. Maddox yeah. is coming back. and That defense, That's I think, point. is good point. better. Here's the one thing for the Lions, though. Dak, 4-0 against the Lions. Nine touchdowns, no interceptions at all. Lines. It's the only team he's played multiple times he's never lost to. You like that? Look at you. Love that. It's a different Love line. that. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Mina Climbs, and my New Year's resolution for 2024 is to beat Dan Orlovsky in literally every debate we have on this show. I already beat him probably 80% of the time, maybe 90%, but my goal is to get that to 100%. Feels quite doable. Quite doable? Man, I mean, Man, nobody's like shots you. fired at you today. What is oh, going I, on? I, I've become like the person that everybody at ESPN tries. First of Why? all, you just lied. <laughs> like, you just <laughs> lied. You, you were on maternity leave for 
four months this year. You come back, and within the first two weeks, you lot of people. You don't beat me on 90% of the times that we debate. Second of all, you're never going to get to 100%. Right. That's impossible. Right. No one can versus me. Yeah. Does versus me. I love that. That's how I look at RC. Yeah, RC is like excited. I think you're very intelligent, Dan. Thank I have you. no argument with that. Thank you. Yeah. Mina, stop lying. 100% <laughs> of the time is a 99? Now, that's super doable, yeah. but 100%? No way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to another big story. We I have can't you guys. believe she said that. I know. We got to get your input on this one because uh, Sean Payton, of course, the Broncos have decided to bench Russell Wilson for the final two games of the season. They're going to start his backup, Jarrett Stidham, in large part because of his contract. I'm talking about Wilson's. Payton says the move was, wasn't an indictment on Wilson, but the offense overall. Here he is. Sure, in our in our game today, there are economics and all those other things. But the number one push behind this, and and it's a decision I'm making, is to you know get a spark offensively. I can't replace the entire offensive line. I can't bring in five new receivers, and and it, and if it continues over a period of time, then there'll be another guy here talking to you as well. I can just assure you one thing: I'm just interested in winning. Okay, so I want you guys to take a look at this. Big part of Russell's benching revolves around the Broncos limiting the amount of risk of having to pay Wilson $37 million if he were to get injured and can't pass his physical by early March. Of course, Russ took to social media on Wednesday saying, quote, God's got me. I'm looking forward to what's next. Um, all right, let's just talk about this because it – be good to get you guys' input on this. What do you think? Is, is Russ being treated unfairly? Uh, well, he's be- being treated with without class mm-hmm. and without professionalism. Fair does not matter in the NFL, okay? Great. Life in the NFL for everybody, specifically quarterbacks, is not fair, okay? But here, here's where I, I – that's my first time of hearing Sean Payton's comments. I got a ton of respect for Sean Payton and what he has accomplished as a coach. We can't sit in a press conference and say – well, the push behind this is strictly to get spark on the offense when per the reports, and if the reports are true, that there was a go-to with Russell Wilson's representatives yes. saying, hey, we want you to alter the contract and the timing of it when it comes to some of the, the language. Th- those two things can't happen at the same time. Right. We can't sit there and say, well, this is just to play better on offense or spark the offense when we know that you've already went to try and do something to the contract. The second thing is you can't sit there and say it's only and all about winning. You're six and three in your last nine games. You're still in the playoffs. Right. So, and again, if this was a decision that was made strictly because of, well, our chances of get, to get to the playoffs are now 1%, and this is the first time we're hearing about how this was being felt about in the building, different conversation. It can't be about, well, I'm only about winning when, per the report, and if it's true, four, five, six weeks ago, you went to him and tried to alter the language within the contract. Those two things can't happen at the same time. I, I have no problem with Sean Payton wanting to bench him. You, you are the head coach. You are entitled to that. You're the owners, the Walmart family. You guys can do whatever you want, but bench him. Don't go to him and say, well, again, per the reports, we want the, the language altered because we're trying to protect ourselves. But you don't do that to a guy that's a Hall of Fame type of player or the career was on that trajectory. Think, you don't do that to a guy who is the Walter Payton man of the year. But see, and hold on. And to that point, it was right off of a victory over the Chiefs where he had thrown for three touchdowns. Guys, they... <laughs> 
This, from the beginning, was a doomed relationship. Sure. It was the worst matchup schematically and stylistically of a quarterback and a head coach. And personality-wise, it was a complete miss, right? It's the reason that in the first press conference for Sean Payton, when asked about Russell Wilson and maybe some of the coaches around the building and all of that, instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to get into the building, I'm going to meet Russell Wilson, I'm going to see what was going on last year, what didn't work, so we can move forward together and find a way that it can make, can work, he immediately dismissed him. That's never happened. I don't know. I've never had anything like that. That never, that'll never be that. Which may be true, but from the beginning you said, you know what, I am in no way trying to build something behind closed doors with Russell Wilson that works. Right? So we already knew that from the beginning that there was at least in some, there was some level of, of contention between what he thought Russell Wilson was, who he perceived him to be, and who he thought a quarterback should be. Right. And then to hear that he tells Russell Wilson, stop kissing babies, you're not running for office. And I, I'm from New Orleans. Ain't nobody kiss more babies than Drew Brees. Mm. Ain't nobody go out and show their face and want to be not only the face of a franchise, but the face of a community more than Drew Brees. And that's what you're supposed to do when you're the leader of an organization and you've been blessed the way that these franchise quarterbacks are blessed. Nothing is wrong with that. But for some reason, with Russell Wilson, that rubbed Sean Payton the wrong way enough to go tell him about it as if that in some way affects his play. Right. It's the reason he's the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Right. It's the reason that people embrace him or people protect Russell Wilson. It's because seemingly he's a good dude. Nothing's wrong with that. Right. But for Sean Payton, that was an issue. Now, we've watched quarterbacks throw for four interceptions in games with no touchdowns. Quarterbacks who were drafted Mr. Irrelevant. Right. Who get injured and want to play. And we watch their coach talk to them. We watch their coach put their paper up to their mouth Covered so their nobody mouth. can see what they're saying. Yeah. Why? Because if I'm saying something negative, if I'm saying something great or if he's just not having a day that he's supposed to have, I won't berate you publicly. I will treat you publicly as someone who I'm in the trenches with trying to win games. Not the way we saw this man treat Russell Wilson against the Detroit Lions on that sideline. Sure. Not the way we saw him say, I'm going to make sure that everybody here knows it ain't me, it's you. And that's all he's done the entire season. Like, Sean Payton has punched down on Russell Wilson, who was already beaten down in 22, worse than any media member, worse than any competitor, worse than any opponent. His Behavior as a head coach as it pertains to that quarterback is unacceptable. And if it was anybody other than Sean Payton, right. we would be pointing that out. Right. But tell me why. Right. Like, what has Sean Payton done that is so exceedingly great? He is above treating people with professionalism yeah. and respect. He won one yeah. the last time I, I checked. Sure. One. He's been to one the last time I checked. He's had losing season. His, his behavior as a head coach got him suspended for a year. Yeah. Like, you ain't no Boy Scout. Right. So how do you get to treat people like crap because you don't like certain things about their personality? When all Russell Wilson has done is shown professionalism, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what I would have did. Call my representation early in the year and tell me you want me to change my contract. Adam Schefter know everything. He ain't know that till now. Right.
because Russell Wilson's professionalism, along with his representatives, didn't want to make that an excuse. And that man went out and played his butt off for this team. And got him back into the picture. Yeah. Yes. You yes. know? He got back. Look, 26 touchdowns, just eight picks, a six most in the league when you talk about and, quarterback. And, 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 I'm, and I'm not saying that is an excuse, but listen, when I was in Dallas, Bill Parcells was there. Guess who was the offensive coordinator? Sean Payton. Sure. You can tell that he has tried to take that behavior when he became a head coach. Because what did Bill Parcells used to always say? I don't want celebrity quarterbacks. I don't want quarterbacks going around. But that's, baby. But that's not true because he had a celebrity quarterback. <laughs> that's my point. He had a celebrity quarterback. For some reason, he felt different about that dude. And I want to say this because I want Dan to talk. I talked for too long. No, you I'm not saying that Russell Wilson has played superior elite-level quarterback. He's played good, but I don't believe he's played in a way that I feel like a, a team should be like, yeah, he's our guy going forward. But I also don't feel he was supposed to be treated the way Sean Payton has treated him this year. So is this sustained on his legacy? Oh, the whole run in, in Denver is yeah. on his legacy, absolutely. Specifically to last year, there, we, there, there's no question because he was on that Hall of Fame trajectory. Mm. Now it's going down as one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL. Mm. Right now, that the Deshaun Watson contract with the Cleveland Browns, you know, in Deshaun's contract, is, it, we, there's still an unknown of how it's going to end. This certainly seems like it's ending right now when it comes to the Denver Broncos. I just wanted to, like, finish real quickly on the whole situation. I don't think either of us are sitting here saying you can't bench him. No. Right? Like, again, if you, even though I think the play has been top 10, top 12 quarterback play-wise, if Sean Payton wants to bench Russell Wilson because he doesn't want him as the quarterback for the rest of the year or the future, God bless him. Yep. He gets that role. My point is this. You can't go to your starting quarterback and ask him to change the way that his contract is worded when you as the organization – worded the contract in that capacity and then say, if you don't, again, per the reports, yeah. if they're true, if you don't, we'll bench you. Mm -hmm. But by the way. Until then. Go win. Go win. What? Yeah. Go win. And then he goes and wins and gets him right back into the conversation. There's, there's, there's just ways you go. And I'm so tired, out of respectfully, of people saying, well, don't feel bad. Russell's going to get his money. So that means he could be treated poorly? Yeah. Like, why, when do we get to a point where, just, hey, man, I'm going to pay you, but I'm also going to undermine you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to treat you the way that you, your, your actions aren't warranted. Yeah. When, when do we and get then, to that point where it's okay? this too, I'd have a ton of respect, and I believe everyone at this table would understand if Sean Payton said, I don't believe Russell Wilson is our quarterback of the future, and if he is injured, we're on the hook for a guaranteed amount of money that we do not want to pay in 2025. This is the best thing for the organization. And we would say, you know what? You have the right to make that decision. Whether I agree with it or not, that's a business decision that you have made as a head coach going forward, and that's okay. But you ain't trying to get no spark. Yeah. You, Amen. Here's, here's the thing I take from that is when you guys, you, you, and other guys who play say this, NFL, it's a business. Yeah. This was a business. But there's a way to go about business. business. There's a way you know to go about it. You know what I'm saying? There's a way to go. You can, you can stick to RC's final point right there. There's a way that you can handle your business without going to a player 
in doing what they did to him. And he's not just any player. I know people want to see Russell fail, and I know it's fun that people like to see him because of his personality. I don't agree with it, but I know people want to do it. You don't do that to a guy that has represented organizations in the NFL in the way that he has and has been a Walter Payton man of the year player. Bro, you don't do the that. way he represented the Denver Broncos this year in the last under six that weeks. scrutiny yeah. that, and the way that Russell's been treated. Right. Come on, man. Hey. You can't do that to Sierra as well. What's up, family? This is Swagoo. I have a New Year's resolution. First in every year, my New Year's resolution is to stay me. I don't want to be anybody else. Everybody's taken. But secondly, I'm entering the food space in some capacity. I'm going to be on some show somewhere hosting something. That is my New Year's resolution. I love food too much. I know about food too much and I want people to enjoy themselves and have a good time with me over a great meal. That's my New Year's resolution. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Time for our sportsbook predictions. Okay, Dan, will Mike Evans have more or less 64 and a half yards against those Saints? I'm going to say more. Out of respect for the New Orleans Saints defense, I'm not going to sit here and say that Mike Evans is going to go put on a career day. But Tampa Bay in this division title and the way that he's playing with Baker Mayfield is on the line. And this Saints defense has not played to the level that 
I kind of thought they would this year, and although Marshawn Lattimore usually matches up really well versus Mike, I think with the way that this offense balances Mike and Chris Goddard away from each other, specifically on third downs, Mike is going to get multiple opportunities to get the ball in his hands. If I'm Tampa Bay and I'm Dave Canales, their offense coordinator, with that division title on the line, Mike Evans is going to get plenty of touches and opportunity early on in this football game. Yeah, I think it's over as well. Listen, Mike Evans, bro, joined the list this week with Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, uh, T.O., Marvin Harrison, of 12 or more touchdowns in five or more years. Now, when you think about the consistency of this man's play, he's a Hall of Famer, but also what he's done this year with Baker Mayfield, and it seems like that chemistry continues to grow. You know, it's interesting because last year people thought, man, maybe Mike Evans is done. He has far and exceeded that, especially in the contract year this year, and he's put up 65 or more yards in two of his last four games. Okay, uh, will Brock Purdy throw for more or less than 258? And a half yards against the Commanders. What do you think, Dan? They playing the Commanders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two uh, and more. Uh, just because uh, last weekend's performance very uncharacteristic of him. In many ways, this Washington defense has been coverage-wise brutal. I expect Brock to bounce back in a big way. Yeah, I expect him to throw for more. And the reason being, I think he's going to get Christian McCaffrey involved in the pass game. When you look at that game against the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like that was a underutilized thing by this offense. And I think it helps Brock Purdy sort of get into the feel of the game. And so I expect him to throw for more. And I'm not sure if you've not or have seen the commanders play defense recently. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, listen, he hadn't thrown for 259 in back-to-back weeks. But I'm with y'all. It is the commanders. All right, Dan. Will Patrick Mahomes throw for more or less than 263 and a half yards against the Bengals? Uh, more. I think that they're going to see a lot of man coverage um, because the lack of consistency and performance by their wide receivers. I think Patrick is going to take advantage of that, and I'm going to say R- Rasheed Rice is the benefactor. You know what? I'm going to say less. And it's sad to say that even if they see man, it's still going to be less. I just don't think that this team, from a passing standpoint, are as explosive as we're used to seeing. And I think Matt Nagy's going to have to do some different things. Their hope for getting more would be if they pop a couple of screens because obviously that goes on to the passing total. Keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes has done it in two of the last four weeks. Cincinnati's pass defense allows the fifth most passing yards this season. Dang good. Kansas City ain't either. You're right about that.